Chapter Ten of the Love Affairs of Pixie by Mrs. George de Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Pixie gives Joan a tonic. A romp with the children restored Pixie's elastic spirits and brought a revived wish for her friend's society. She leaned out of the window and beheld a game of tennis on in obvious need of a fourth player waved gaily in response to a general beckoning and tripped downstairs singing a glad refrain and then in the corridor outside her boudoir beheld a pale and tragic esmeralda summoning her with her dramatic hand pixie flounced and a quiver of indignation stiffened her small body a whole hour of a lovely spring morning had already been spent in struggling to overcome the depression caused by the scene at breakfast and here was joan obviously preparing a second edition pixie was no niggard in sympathy but for the moment she had other views two charming young men were waiting without in the sunshine and any ordinary human girl prefers the sunshine and masculine society to a room indoors and an hysterical sister therefore being excessively human pixie flounced and looked bored and impatient she entered the room and shut the door behind her what's the matter now the answer was sufficiently unexpected pixie if i die will you promise me faithfully to live here and take charge of my orphan boys i will not snapped pixie sharply it was just what might have been expected for esmeralda to picture her own tragic death as the result of a passing squall quite possibly she had been sitting for the last hour picturing the stages of her own decline and the grief of the survivors strong common sense was the best remedy she could have i hope to have my own home to look after and they are too spoiled i wouldn't undertake the charge somebody croaked esmeralda deeply somebody must look after my boys don't you worry about that geoffrey will marry again they always do when the children are young this was deliberate cruelty but the strain was severe stanor was standing racket in hand gazing up at the window the sunshine lit up his handsome face his expectant smile pixie gave another flounce and turned impatiently to meet the next lament but esmeralda was silent her hands were clasped on her knee and tears real tears shone in her eyes it was a rare thing for joan to cry the easy tears which rose to her sister's eyes in response to any emotion pleasurable or the reverse these were not for her looking back over the history of their lives pixie could count the number of times when she had seen joan cry the outside world vanished from her memory in response to that appeal esmeralda darling you're not ill you are not really suffering joan shook her head quite strong she murmured miserably too strong 
only it seems impossible to live on in such misery it's gone the mainspring everything i can't drag along thank god pixie you are here i never could bottle up my feelings it's geoffrey he doesn't love me any more i'm not imagining it it's true he told me himself what did he say demanded pixie practically she displayed no dismay at the announcement being used to her sister's exaggerations and feeling abundantly convinced in her own mind that this was but another example geoffrey was cross this morning but five days residence under his roof had abundantly demonstrated that his love was not dead now what exactly did he say she repeated and joan faltered out the dread words there was silence in the room for a long minute then pixie drew in her breath with a sharp intake the bloom she repeated softly the bloom the beautiful significance of the term seemed to occupy her mind to the exclusion of the personal application she had a vision of love as the apotheosis of human affection a wondrous combination of kindliness sympathy courtesy patience unselfishness all these and something more that mysterious intangible quality which geoffrey hilliard had so aptly described given the bloom affection became idealized patience a joy and selfishness ceased to exist since the well-being of another was preferred before one's own courtesy and sympathy followed automatically as attendant spirits who could not be separated affection might exist often did exist in churlish unlovely form giving little happiness either to the giver or the recipient love the highest was something infinitely precious a treasure to be guarded with infinite care lest in the stress of life its bloom should be destroyed joan looking with anxious inquiry in her sister's face read there an earnestness even exceeding her own oh no cried pixie strongly not that not that esmeralda not the bloom it mustn't go it's too precious it means everything you mustn't let it go but i told you it had gone it's too late no pixie shook her head i know better there's time yet if you'll be warned last night when you were comforting jack after his tumble geoffrey sat watching you as dick watches bridgie it can't be all gone when he looks like that he has loved you been proud of you been patient with you for how long is it you've been married seven years and you need a lot of patience esmeralda i suppose it's come to this that you've used up all the patience he has it said volumes for joan's penitence that she allowed such a statement to pass unchallenged and even assented to it with meekness i suppose that's it for the first few years it was all right when i got angry he only laughed and then he began to get impatient with himself and this last year things had been going from bad to worse when he spoke straight out it was easier there was a row royal 
and a grand make-up at the end but now he's so cold and calm esmeralda's lip trembled at the remembrance of the scene downstairs of the averted figure writing stolidly at the desk she stared before her in silence for a dismal moment then added sharply and what in the world set him off at a tangent this morning of all others there have been dozens of times when i should have expected him to be furious and he's been mild as a lamb and then all of a sudden when i was all innocent and unsuspicious to flare up like that there's no sense in it it's always the way with men you can't reckon on them announced pixie with the seasoned air of one who has endured three husbands at least dick's the same an angel of patience till just the moment when you've made sure of him and then in a moment he snaps off your head my head i mean never bridgie's there's too much bloom she put her little head on one side and pursed her lips in thought with the characteristic pixie air which carried joan back to the days of childhood now isn't it odd esmeralda how people cultivate almost every good quality and leave love to chance they practice patience and unselfishness but seem to think love is beyond control it comes or it goes tant mieux tant pis my dear if i married a husband who loved me as geoffrey loved you it would be the big work of my life to keep him at it and i'd expect it to be work you get nothing worth having without trouble so why should you expect an exception for the very best thing and the poor man deserves some encouragement i'd give it to him joan's lips twisted into a sad smile you understand a great deal pixie more than i do it seems even after seven years i never looked at things in that light i just expected geoffrey to keep on adoring whatever i did what made you think such things nature said pixie promptly and my dear i'm clever at loving i always was it's my only gift and i have studied it just as other people studied drawing and music what you have to do esmeralda is to forget everything and everyone else for a while and comfort geoffrey don't make a scene and worry the poor man don't make a grand programme of reformation for that will put him off at the start just begin to-night and be sweet to him for a change if you feel temper coming on have it out on me i'm used to you from a child and if i get too much of it i can always run away and leave you geoffrey can't it's mean to take advantage of a man that's bound if he wanted to go began joan haughtily then subsided into tears and helplessness pixie pixie it's so difficult what can i do do you need me to tell you isn't it the easiest thing in the world to make love to your own husband in your own house talk of propinquity always ready always handy if you can't manage that my dear girl the game's in your own hands can a leopard change its spots we are not talking of leopards we're talking of women and they can bridle their tongues 
again joan was silent could she a great martyrdom or heroic effort these she would have faced gladly counting them a small price to pay for her husband's love but then how to subdue hasty impulses to keep a watch over her tongue this seemed beyond her strength and yet the treasure which was threatened was of such inestimable value it was impossible to contemplate life without it human life is uncertain and though she would not allow herself to dwell upon such a possibility joan had realized in her heart that a day might dawn when she would have to part from husband or son death might come she might have to say farewell to the dear human presence but never never had she imagined for a moment that she might be compelled to live on having bidden farewell to love geoffrey her lover geoffrey her husband geoffrey the father of her boys was it a fact or a dreadful nightmare that he had sat untouched by her appeal and confessed that that joan winced unable to bear the repetition and locked her hands more closely on her knees pixie glanced furtively through the window stanor had turned back to the tennis ground and the three-handed game had been resumed she stifled a pang of disappointment and sat quietly waiting for further confidences but presently joan said quietly thank you pixie now will you go i want to think you've been very sweet more bracing than sweet my dear but it was what you needed pixie rose with an alacrity which the other was fortunately too preoccupied to notice dropped a kiss on the lovely bent neck and walked quickly from the room joan had had the relief which her nature demanded of giving expression to her feelings now it was best that she should be alone pixie had done her best to help and now sunshine and stanor were waiting in another five minutes she was playing tennis as wholeheartedly as though it were her only business in life meanwhile joan sat alone in her upstairs room struggling with all the force of her ardent undisciplined nature to brace herself for the struggle which lay before her prayer had become of late a mechanical stereotyped repetition of phrases to-day there were no phrases hardly indeed any definite words in the extreme need of life she took refuge in that voiceless cry for help that childlike opening of the heart which is the truest relationship between the soul and god she sat with closed eyes and lifted face penitent receptive waiting to be blessed for the time being doubts were forgotten everything seemed straight and plain then being esmeralda the wayward the undisciplined the mood of exultation faded and depression held her once more the heavenly help and guidance seemed far off and unreal she was seized with impetuous necessity to act at once to act for herself pixie's proposals failed to satisfy her ardent desires 
to wait weeks or months for the reward she craved was beyond endurance she must contrive something big something soon something that would demonstrate to geoffrey her anxiety to please him she racked her brain to find a way poor impatient undisciplined esmeralda how little she dreamed of the tragic consequences of that hour End of chapter 10